Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. We head out right now to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line to be joined by our guy, Kyle Glazer, senior writer, Baseball America. Kyle, how are we doing today? Good. How are you guys? Well, we're good because all of our problems are solved here in St. Louis because we have a young man by the name of Jordan Walker that's just going to come in and win the MVP right away. Tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, I, that certainly is a very, very aggressive prediction. As talented <laughs> as he is, uh, he's still a very, very young kid who uh, has yet to play above double A. So I think uh, we should give him a little bit of time. But look, this is someone who's a very, very advanced hitter for his age. I think a lot of people see the big body, the strength, and you know the power is, is pretty obvious. But what really makes him special is he covers the entire plate. And he's just so far advanced for his age in terms of his ability to handle different types of pitches and different parts of the zone. Um, he's not faced. He's not overwhelmed by anything. I mean, this guy was 20 years old in Double A last year and hit for average, hit for power. The walk to strikeout was fine. Um, he's a really, really impressive young player. That said, he's still a young player, and there will be ups and downs, and there are obviously always continue to get better at. So now if we're going to talk more realistic, for our Cardinals fans here that are listening right now, what should the expectations be for Jordan Walker just this upcoming season? I'm not talking long-term, five, ten years from now. I'm talking about you know spring training and then in the near future following that. What should the expectations be? The expectations should be that he's going to go to AAA to start the season. And, you know, depending on how he does there will determine – how long he's there. Um, you know, he's going to be an outfielder. He, he's drafted as a third baseman. You know, he's played a lot of games there, but he's going to end up in right field. Um, so some of it's going to come down to injuries when he comes up as well. But look, the Cardinals have a lot of outfield depth. They can afford to let him develop. I would expect him to spend a good chunk of the year in AAA, and maybe he makes his debut in the second half. Obviously, if injuries hit, that can be expedited. But um, this is not a case where I think the expectation should be hope break camp on opening day with the club. Um, you know, if that happens, you know, good for him. And that's an incredible accomplishment, but that shouldn't be the expectation. The expectation should be go to AAA, probably spend about half the season there and then make his debut sometime in the second half. Kyle, you're breaking hearts all over St. Louis. Everybody wants to see Jordan Walker <laughs> on opening day. <laughs> well, again, you know, look, we have seen tremendously talented players uh, yet to play above AA, force their way onto the roster with a great camp. I'm not going to sit here and say it's impossible or there's no chance it's, it's going to happen. Um, but look, he's someone who, again, he's 20 years old. He still has some things to work on. He can still be a little bit of aggressive at times at the plate in terms of, you know, he likes to swing. Um, there's still some things defensively for him to fine tune and work on. This is not a, a ready-made let's go right now type of player. This is a young kid with a lot of promise but he's still developing. He's still, you know, learning to play the game at high levels and, and some triple A time would certainly benefit him both individually and the Cardinals long term. It's not gonna hurt him. It's only gonna help. Kyle, another name that's on the tongues of everyone in St. Louis is Mason Wynn. And you saw the Cardinals not be aggressive in the shortstop landscape during the offseason because Mason Wynn is coming down the pipeline. Tell us why he's gonna be an exciting player for the Cardinals and what you see out of him. Yeah, so first and foremost, just his arm from shortstop is kind of amazing. I mean, he can throw the ball 100 miles an hour from short, which is not something we've ever seen before. Um, his throw in the Futures game last year was the, the fastest recorded uh, ever in professional baseball. So um, the arm strength alone makes him really exciting at shortstop. But, but what makes Mason Wentz so exciting is how quickly he's progressing as a position player. He was a two-way guy in high school who a lot of teams liked more as a pitcher 
Um, and even, you know, last year in 2021, I should say, there was still a lot of sense that, you know what, his long-term spot is going to be on the mound. He's going to do shortstop a little bit in the lower levels, but he'll end up a pitcher like Casey Kelly did, like Matt Bush did, a guy like that. And then he came out in 2022 and just made such tremendous strides in such a short time. All of a sudden, it's, yeah, hey, he can be an everyday shortstop in the big league. So whenever you see a kid this athletic, this talented, who makes so big of an improvement in such a short time, it's exciting, and it makes you think he can improve even more in such a short time. So um, it's, it's the athleticism, it's the ability to improve quickly, and and just the raw skills, right? He can throw a ball 100 miles an hour from anywhere on the diamond. He's a good athlete. He can run. Uh, he can make contact. He's starting to get into some power. He can do a little bit of everything. Now, before we get on to uh, Tink Hansen, Gordon Graceffo, because I'm really curious to hear about them, just doubling back on Mason Wynn, are the days or the option of him pitching, do you think that's behind him now? Or does the player still want to kind of, you know, maybe do that? Or does the club, have they just said, no, we're going with a shortstop? Look, he's pitched one inning in two full professional seasons. Um, the Cardinals have been very, very upfront about wanting to develop him as a shortstop, you know, make him you know, a position player as much as possible and use pitching as a fallback. And with the success he had last year, there's no reason to, you know, pull that lever and, and put him on the mound now. Um, you know, having an everyday shortstop who can hit, potentially for power, run like he can and play defense like he can, you know, that's that's more valuable than maybe what he projected to be as a pitcher, which might have been more of a hard from reliever um, with an outside chance of starting. So he's going to develop as a shortstop, and I, unless something catastrophic happens, I wouldn't expect to see him uh, pivot to the mound anytime soon. While sticking with the mound, uh, the next guy I want to talk to you about is Tink Hens. And this is not a household name for a lot of people. And even here in Cardinal Nation, you know, our guy Brad Thompson, BT, who's part of the fast lane, uh, he talked about Tink Hens quite a bit. And I was kind of like, that's a little off the board. But you're, what are we seeing from this young man? Because he seems to be climbing up the prospect charts at a pretty good pace. Yeah, you're seeing a really, really, really athletic young pitcher with wicked stuff. Um, it's really, really exciting. And on top of that, you know, control, which goes back to the athleticism. This isn't a guy who's just young and throws hard but doesn't know where it's going. Um, when you watch him on the mound, I mean, he, he kind of looks a little bit like Chris Archer, just like the delivery, the stuff, um, super young, super athlete. But Chris Archer struggled to throw strikes in the minors. Tink Hens doesn't struggle to throw strikes at all. So, I mean, the combination of stuff, athleticism, and control is really exciting. Um, the biggest thing with him is he's still very young. He's 19 last year. He still has to grow into his body and into his man strength. Um, he didn't pitch very much last year. Only 58 innings. He never pitched more than four innings in a start. Most of the starts were in the, you know, three-inning range. So there's a big difference between showing electric stuff and control over two, three innings and doing so over six, seven, eight. Um, so the next step for him is going to be showing he can do this and maintain it and hold it over longer stints. But just when you look at the talent um, and the kind of the base foundation, it's pretty exciting. Kyle, we tend to be strictly locked in on prospects with the Cardinals here in St. Louis. But as you look across baseball, what's an organization that is doing a lot of exciting things with their farm system that maybe we Cardinal fans aren't paying attention to? Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, the, the standard answer is the Dodgers. They seem to do everything right with their prospects. Um, 
you know, one club that's, that's you know, done, and then the Guardians as well for pitching. Um, I'd say one club that's done some interesting things with their pitching is, is the Mariners. Um, you know, they've done a really good job developing homegrown starters. You saw Logan Gilbert. You saw George Kirby. You have more and more guys coming down the pipe. And then they've done it a couple different ways. They've done a really good job of helping guys add velocity. Um, but they've also done that without having them sacrifice control and in some cases add control. That's very, very hard. Normally that's a trade-off. So, you know, look at the Mariners pitching development. They've done some really exciting things. Um, and then, again, it's kind of your, your typical typical teams. The Dodgers, everything they do, um, the Rays with their pitching, the Guardians with their uh, pitching, um, you know, those are kind of the standard clubs. But the Mariners pitching development has been really interesting and successful over the last few years. When you look at the Cardinals' development and the way they've got players uh, that are emerging in their top prospects, from an outsider looking in, do you like – the way the Cardinals are doing things from their minor leagues up in their development process. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at it over the last 10, 15, 20 years, you know, what team tends to get the most from their homegrown guys, you know, Dodgers one and and Cardinals two. I mean, the Cardinals have the longest track record aside from the Dodgers of having really good impactful homegrown talent come up through their farm system. Um, they've also done a great job of, of getting guys and helping them develop and then flipping them in trades. You know, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado to go get stars. I mean, in a lot of ways, the Dodgers and Cardinals are kind of the, the standard bearers over a 15- to 20-year span. Now, the Guardians have done a really good job over the last 5-10. to 10. The Rays have done a really good job the last 5-10. to 10. Um, but, but the Cardinals are right there. This is one of the, the best farm, best organizations, excuse me, in terms of reputation when it comes to, you know, drafting, developing, signing, and then, um, you know, bringing up homegrown prospects. They're, they're as good as anyone. Great stuff, Kyle. We really appreciate that. Again, that's Kyle Glazer, National Writer for Baseball America. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle A. Glazer. Give him a follow. It's worth it. Kyle, we really appreciate your time today. Hopefully you'll drop in again sometime. Yeah, absolutely. Have to join you guys anytime.